It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Alstel. And we are live. Welcome to Car Con Carne. I'm James Van Alstel. And every show that's done in the car through the holiday season will be recorded at Buona locations in the city, in the suburbs, all over the place. And let's be honest, this holiday season, every holiday season is indulgent. If you and beef need to take some time away from one another, Buona has you covered. They have this mind-blowing <laughs> plant-based Italian beefless sandwich. It's vegan. It's made from Sutan, and it's a total exclusive to Buona. Get it with Hot Jardinero. That's the Chicago way. And you can take 10% off your mobile order or online order with the promo code Carne 10. So this is Carcone Carne. I'm doing this one from home, not at a Bona. I'm James Van Osdell. And the holidays can feel weird for people who don't drink. There's a routine. There's a ritual around drinking. And sometimes non-drinkers can feel detached. There, there's a stigma there. And I always recommend to people who want to drink but not drink that they try one of Wellbeing's craft NA beers. Purpose brewed, better for you, craft beer. This brewery was created was launched five years ago and joining me tonight is the founder he is jeff stevens and uh, i welcome you to the show in fact i'm welcoming you with one of your own i going love places it. The, i, I, I love think it. this is my favorite uh, i mean if i had to choose places one, oh good this, this is always yeah. refreshing i i love this one tell me tell me what i'm drinking before we oh, even good. get into the business so tell yeah, me that's what... it's a it was yeah it's a it's a east coast style ipa this uh this brewer named mitch Steele, who if you go search uh how to brew ipas on amazon he actually wrote a book and he, he was the former brewer at stone he'd been at anheuser-busch so he has made his name brewing ipas and uh we we did a, a partnership with his new brewery called new realm out in virginia beach is where we manufacture or brew some of our beer and so uh, we wanted him to uh, inaugurate our manufacturing machine, and we, we can talk about what these things do. But anyway, so that's where this beer came from, the East Coast of the United States. Um, and we called it Going Places because I thought it was appropriate coming out of the pandemic, which has kind of stopped and kind of started and kind of stopped, uh, that we would all be going places. But, you know, maybe whatever. It sounds like we're still doing it a little bit. <laughs> we're still doing it a little bit. Uh, yeah. This I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself, Jeff, but. Uh, yeah. The Hellraiser, yeah. I think, is also a showstopper. Yeah. The, the Dark yeah, Amber. This I is, drink that all the time. That's my go-to. Yeah. I, I think this is a Dark Amber beer for people who think they don't like Dark Amber beer. This goes down really easy. Ooh. Good one. Because I, I think you. people I think are... Dark are, Amber, are, you... Yeah. yeah, people are, are think it's going to be too heavy or, or just, just be thick and heavy and, and too much flavor. But this is just yeah, perfect. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's it was right when I tasted it. And, you know, I, I had to go on the craft beer drinking journey like people because I didn't drink for so long that the, when I left drinking, we drank, you know, uh, lagers and really cheap ones at that. So by the time I started drinking real craft beers, I was the one making them. And I didn't know what a dark amber tasted like. And then, you know, you you 
you taste this, you're like, oh my God, it's so interesting. And then you taste the PA and you you can't, you know, it's like, wow, that's really, I had that coffee cream stout. I'd never had a stout until I had my own. So <laughs> it's fun to go on this journey, you know, with just what craft beer drinkers have been on. So uh, yeah, it's, I do, I agree. The Hellraiser is a, a perfect, a little hoppy, very smooth, very refreshing still, but has really good with food. I'm glad you like it because you seem to be, a, a, obviously someone who is, Knows where to get a beef sandwich and even a, a non-beef sandwich. It sounds like one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I, you kind of touch on this before the craft beer movement uh, for decades. Yeah. Non-alcoholic beer, it was never sexy, um, and it really no. wasn't good necessarily for decades running. So I talked about the stigma when I started this interview. There's always been a weird stigma if you don't drink, yeah. but non-alcoholic beer was yeah. kind of stigmatized because it just just wasn't good and i'm not imagining that am i no no it's funny you say that because i worked in the beer industry as a marketing person for a long time so i i knew how they made the non-alcoholic beers they were making and they were all basically done uh for the the legal department would say hey we need this social responsibility program don't drink and drive so let's make the cheapest least uh ingredient beers we can and we'll put them and make them non-alcoholic because we have to do this and they never cared about what the beer tasted like they just weren't part of their business so it was always you know you when you talk to the guys now who made these beers the duels of the world is the perfect example and and i have a love you know i have a fun fondness love because it's so bad that uh it's it's just like <laughs> so bad that it just uh-huh. set the bar for this entire industry um, but I drank a ton of it, you know, cause that's all there was like, that's what you're drinking. Right. If you're going out at night, like I'd rather have that than 12 Coca-Colas. Um, so we had a very, very low bar when we got into this business, we're like, if we can just be better than this. And we, then we, we started brewing with great ingredients, really high in technology and like, wow, all of a sudden you're brewing unbelievable beer, but the, the non-alcoholic beer space was you did something wrong that you have to drink this beer. Something's wrong in your life. You know? Yes. Like what's going on? Why did you screw up so bad that you have to drink this beer? <laughs> you, you sad person was kind of the reaction you would get all the time. <laughs> and there is the, the, well, this, what you're doing with well-being could not yeah. have happened if not for the craft beer movement. Yes. Agreed. I, I would just, the interest and the attention to flavors and and profiles, non-alcoholic beer could not have risen to this without a doubt. Had that not happened. So you launched this business five years ago. I hope I said that correctly. Yeah, it was uh, 2016 is when we started doing, I think we had our first beer in 2018. So it's, it's been about three years, but yeah, it took a while to figure it all out before you get to an actual first beer. Can we talk about, I'm sure you've told the story time and again, but yeah. can we talk about what led you, because I'm sure people told you along the way, are you serious? You're yeah. nuts. You can't do this. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Yes. I'm sure there are a lot of people throwing up barriers along the way. Uh, yeah. And I, I would say it's, it was really fun. I had a lot of good friends and I come, you know, I was in, I've been still am in the world of recovery. And so I have a, I have a lot of non-drinking friends just socially, but I was also in the world of alcohol marketing. So I have lots of drinking friends, um, but everyone on both sides of the coin, like, you're going to do what you're going to take alcohol out of. Why would you want to do that? We're really worried about you. I had a couple of friends that, that were seriously sat me down. I'm like, this is, a you know, you're putting a lot of capital into this, a lot of whatever. 
But I knew for me, I had been in this situation hundreds of times where I was a completely underserved market when you walk into any bar, any restaurant. And as a non-drinker, there's just no, there's three choices and they're all bad. And so I'm like, well, there's got to be, if there was a better choice for us, we'd buy it. We, it's not about a money. We'd love to spend the same amount of money as everyone else and have something good. So I knew, I knew I was a market and I hoped that there was other people and it just turns out that this movement sort of started happening. So yeah, it, it worked out and it's a hot, hot category now. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it, you go to any liquor store, I mean, here in the Chicago area, Binnie's is omnipresent and yep. NA has its own. I mean, it's not an end yeah. cap. It is an aisle at yeah. this point. And yep. it's stunning to see. And there's yep. good stuff there. And it's yeah. amazing to see some of the big players mm-hmm. swinging around to this. Yep. They finally are. Uh, and they're putting real uh, capital and technology and trying to brew really good versions of this, which which I think has helped the category tremendously. Um, what I think we're, we're finding out, which I don't think anyone really knew. I knew there were people like me out there that didn't drink and just wanted a, a decent beer at a bar or, you know, uh, there's now people, I think everyone is starting to mix us in their drinking sessions. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that sort of means that the market is unlimited or it's much bigger than anyone saw because we get emails all the time where, you know, if you go out drinking on a Wednesday night and you usually have four IPAs, but if you start with ours and that's the easiest one, it goes down the fastest and you build that, that base, the other three go down a little slower and you've already built a, you know what I'm saying? So you don't drink as much, but you have the exact same experience. You're not quite as hungover. You're not quite as tired. I mean, all that kind of stuff we, we start to see. And I think that's where this market just is a really big one and, and has a lot of potential. I, I totally agree. And that's usually what I tell people. I mean, it's not just for people in recovery. It's not just, oh, yeah. I don't drink. Here's what I need. But I mean, I kind of preach the opposite of what you just said. Mm-hmm. Start with your beer. If you're out, yeah. if you're a designated driver, yep. start with your, you know, 7% IPA. Yep. And then, you know, you're going to be spending the rest of the night out and about switch over yep. to, you know, get it going and then let yep. it, let it fizzle out. And as you're doing that, still have great taste going down your mouth. Yeah. Well, you know, that, we brewed that victory wheat has more electrolytes in it than Gatorade. And that electrolyte mix we got from a company that, that created it. Yep. Uh, to prevent hangovers. That was the original product was you you get hungover because you don't, you're not hydrated enough. And that, that causes a lot of the hangover. So if you use that as your last beer, it's, it helps with the hangover the next morning. So it's really interesting Genius. to say that. Yeah, it's perfect. And I agree. Like, yeah, mix this in is the whole idea. Exactly. Well, and I mentioned this, you know, the stigma, if, you, if you're not mm-hmm. drinking and you're out and about, I mean, I'm in Chicago. I mean, mm-hmm. every corner has an old style sign. Yeah. <laughs> Beer is, is a part of what this city is. Without so if you're doubt. not, if you don't have something in your hand, you yeah. kind of, I mean, I guess it's on you if you feel uncomfortable, but you do feel uncomfortable if you don't you have do. a drink and it, yeah. it, it, there's a ritual to it all. Yep. And I, I think this completely cuts that off at the knees. I, yeah, I'm with you. And I, I can't tell you how many countless times I was out with people and everyone would go around the table and order something interesting and have a question for the bartender. And here's a cocktail and they're going to talk about this and they'd get to me and I would order a you know, day old coffee that's been sitting there or, right. oh yeah, there might be a dusty non-alcoholic beer somewhere in our basement. Let me go look. Or how about and a Virgin it, Mary? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And, and so 
Yeah, everyone at the table is feeling like, oh, is it okay if we drink in front of you and you can't communicate to them that, yes, it's fine if you drink in front of me, go right ahead. I'm happy to drive you home. So I agree. Like if you can order an intentional IP or an Hellraiser, it just says to everyone like, loose, I'm here with you. We're all just here together having a good time. There's no weirdness at all. It takes that off the table. Yeah, I'm with you. For someone who doesn't drink NA beer, and if someone wants to sit down with one of the well-being beers, I think that this the strangest thing they'll encounter is they'll like if they're day drinking, they're having an IPA with lunch. There's no weird feeling afterward. I mean, we've all had beer in the afternoon where Mm -hmm. after you're done, you kind of have that low throbbing headache and (laughs) you you, you feel sluggish. The fact that you feel none of that after it's almost a disconnect. Your brain has a hard time. If you're a drinker, once you get past that, Awesome. But it is, I think, a, a strange sensation to have a, a beer that tastes like actual craft beer, but not all those effects mm-hmm. afterwards. That is that's so interesting that you say that. And you're because if there's a physiological reaction, your brain, when you drink beer, even our beer, you drink a non-alcoholic beer, your brain is going to release the same endorphins it would release if you're drinking alcohol beer because it says, right. oh, we're going to be drinking now. This is going to be a a fun thing. So it just releases these doors. So you get kind of this initial rush as you would if you just had your first beer. But then the, that afterward, the the hour later, after you're going back to the office <laughs> yeah. where you would normally feel sluggish and like I had a beer at lunch. I don't know <laughs> if that was the best thing for my afternoon. That's gone, right? Yeah, That's I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Like what happened here? Yeah. Your body's like, wait, we're supposed to be sluggish. And I can't, I can't reconcile this in my brain. Yeah. It, it's so strange. Yeah. Well, That's let's so talk funny. a little bit about some of the products. Um, okay, I'd love well, to actually, hear your story. How did you get to? How did you get to this product? What was what was going on with you where you decided you needed to try these NA beers, or what was going on? I just I wanted alternatives, and yeah, I, I knew that I, honestly the NA category was blowing up. I'm like, I need to start trying stuff because I don't want to have a beer every time I go out, every time I go to a show. Yeah, um, it just it's it's just. I, I'm at a certain age and at a certain point in my life, I'm like, I don't need to do that. Every time I go out, yeah. I want an alternative that doesn't suck. And I yeah. really, it involved me just going to the store, going to Whole Foods. I'm like, oh, I'll try this. I mean, it was, yeah. that, it was as simple as that. Like, yeah. I knew I, I needed something different and something to, to pivot to. Yeah. And I wanted it to taste good. Yeah, that's great. And that's so typical. Like, exactly. It's the, it's the same experience without the things that you you really realize after a while, yeah, I don't know if I need that every time. Sometimes right. it's great, but I don't know if I need this every time I go out. You're right. Yeah, it was fine when I was 22, but yeah, you know, yeah, we are. Right. It's not cool yeah. anymore. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about some of the individual beers, but sure. I realized before we get there, we need to talk about the process because this sure. whole interview, yeah. we're talking about the fact, Jeff, that this tastes like beer yeah. and it, it tastes legit and it tastes good. Mm-hmm. Science obviously has come around to NA yeah. beer. How yeah. do you do this? Yeah. Well, and it's a great question because I learned a lot too. I did, I had to learn all of this exact stuff when I uh, decided I'm going to try to make really good non-alcoholic beer. Um, you had to learn that most of the beers up until that point are brewed, and some still to that to this day are brewed using a stop fermentation method. So at some point. Beers made where the yeast eats the sugars in the wort and alcohol is produced and all of those sugars get eaten and that produces the alcohol and the beer tastes brewed. And what would happen with non-alcoholic beers, 
they would use these yeasts that wouldn't eat the sugars in the same way, and the warts would stay sweet, um, or they would not taste brewed. So many of the non-alcoholic beers that we that you know I came up with in the last ten years uh, are either very sweet, like they have a teaspoon of sugar put in, because the wart did not, uh, you know, it was still very sweet, or they would taste as if they weren't brewed. They had a a B note, I like to say, and and I think you just they didn't taste like beer. There was just something slightly off about them. Um, and then if, if they were the major brewers, they probably weren't using the best ingredients. So that was also an issue. Um, we we've, we uh, ended up finding this machine in Munich. So I, I like to say that because between Munich and St. Louis, it's two you know, the great historical beer brewing towns in the, in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it's called a vacuum distillation machine. And so what it ultimately does is it takes finished beer. So beer that has been completely fermented that has the alcohol in it. And that is means it's got it's crisp, it's smooth, it's dry, it's everything you love about beer, and it puts it in a vacuum. So in, in the other way you can make it is you can boil the alcohol off, but that ruins the beer. Um, but does, you, does that you, scald the beer? Does that yep. okay. just like when you boil food? You know, it would change the the very nature of what that is, and it does that to beer. So you can't boil the alcohol off unless it's in a vacuum. So this vacuum distillation machine takes the beer puts it in a vacuum and you can lower the boiling temperature in this vacuum to about room temperature versus whatever it would normally boil at. And because you can lower the boiling uh, temperature of the beer to about room temperature, it you can distill the alcohol off basically without ruining scolding the beer. So the beer that comes through this machine literally has all the characteristics. It's completely brewed. It tastes brewed. That's what I, I was always found ours versus uh, others, there's no sharp edges. There's no, there's nothing yes. about it. And the others ones have these sharp edges that just don't taste brewed. And that's what I think ours really do well. So yeah, the first time I tasted this off the, the machine f three, four years ago, it was the golden wheat. It was the, you know, very light beer. And I was just like this, it had tasted amazing. And I was like, wow, this is really good. So I knew we had something. Um, so the beer just turns out to be really good. And then we ultimately capture a lot of the aromatics and reintroduce them into the product. So a lot of the, the, the scents are all there. The, the smells are there. The aroma, which mm -hmm. has so much to do with it. You know, when you open sure. the, the craft beers, especially, and, and pour them in a glass and all the scents, all of it's there. So the whole beer experience is there without the alcohol. That's amazing. Yeah, Techno it is. It's, technology. It's amazing. Yeah. And it was this guy, I'll tell you who did it, is the head. It, and I can't remember his name, but in the 70s, he was the professor, the head professor at the Munich Beer School like the brewing university of the world. If you wanted to go be a brewer, you went to this school in Munich and he was the, the, the head guy there and he invented this machine. So it is literally, uh, you know, someone who, and, and beers, non-alcoholic beers in Germany are very good. They're probably, you know, this market was big in Germany five years before it came here. You know, it mm -hmm. was a thing over there. It still is. So yeah, they make really good beers over there. I mean, seriously, I, I'm just drinking this as we're talking. This is so good. Oh, good. This, this I'm glad just, you like it. Yeah, it's, it's a very light. Nice. It's a, it's kind of a summery IPA. It's not, it's not heavy, but it's, I think it's really, really nice. I think it's got a really nice uh, flavor to it. I love it after dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. So yeah. you, you got this machine from yep. Munich. I, yep. I'm guessing like this isn't a competitive market. I, I'm guessing it's mm -hmm. almost like a monopoly. Like you got to get <laughs> your machine from that guy. 
Yeah. There's, there's three makers of these things and they're very expensive and I can see why no one had done it in the U S and I can see why no one in the craft beer industry had, had done this. Cause it's not, you know, most brewers don't get into brewing to make non-alcoholic beer, you know? Right. So if, if you right. run a craft brewery, it's just not the brew side of it. You're like, yeah, that's not why I got into this is to make any beer. So it, it just, no one had, no one was doing it. We were the first ones in the U S to bring one of these machines in and probably are still one of the very few that's using this. There's lots of new ways to make it now that everyone's doing. Um, and I think that, you know, as everything, every, it's a little better, a little better, a little better. And yeah, so there's a lot of really interesting products out there. And then there's a lot of products that I would say uh, market themselves as beers, but are, are lighter. They're, they're more hop oils. There's lots of, and I don't think these are good or bad, but they're just, it's interesting all the choices now that you yeah. have, you know, it's, it's sparkling hop oils and sparkling, you know, all kinds of stuff that, that are in the world of beer, but there may or may not be exactly this, but they're still interesting in their own way, you know? Um, and it's just cool. If you don't drink, there's just so many more interesting things to try, I guess, is the, is the point. And from a business perspective, it is like an arms race at this point. <laughs> it is. It is a little bit. I think we're, we're still on the uh, markets growing phase. Uh, but yes, you're right. There's there's lots of competition, which we, you know, you knew was going to happen. And if uh, uh, it is, you know, it is what it is, but I hope the market continues to grow. And, um, you know, at some point you just, a person who doesn't drink and as a person who has seen people's really powerful journeys when they, when they discover sobriety on very small levels and very big levels, like it changes people's lives, even on the smallest level when they just cut back or they really changed their lives because they really needed to stop. And if right. we can be a part of that, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's awesome. That's just awesome. So I, I enjoy that part of it. And I enjoy seeing the stories and hearing about people who literally are different people a year after quitting drinking, you know, or, or whatever, even on the small levels, like I enjoy my life so much more. And, and I'm, you know, they started, they quit for a month and, and they, get, they decided that, no, they just, they didn't miss it. So good for you. And that this this next question is born of ignorance, and, and this may come this may come <laughs> off like that. But for people who are in recovery, for people who do yeah. need sobriety as a lifestyle, yeah. is it weird for them to have something that tastes so authentic? Is is that is that a dangerous thing to to keep that taste in their lives? I mean, I, I'm talking to someone who is you know 25 years sober. Mm -hmm. Uh, who created this yes, company, yes. but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Is that a disconnect? Is that. It's a, it's a great, it's a really good question. It's not born of ignorance at all. And it's, it's still a big uh, discussion. I would say in, in early recovery, especially like when you just get sober, uh, is this a tool or is this a trigger? And those mm -hmm. are, that's, those are things that I think every individual person needs to figure out for themselves, what they're comfortable with. Um, I, I would say I, I, I had non-alcoholic beer the, the second night, <laughs> but, and went out with, the, with, and had, drank some at a bar. And it, for me, it was like, oh, this is going to be okay. I can 24 years old, you know, I'm like, I'm going, I'm still going to go out and music. I'm still going to go to yeah. bars at some point. I moved to Chicago. I moved to Chicago and when I was eight months sober and there's nothing to do there in Chicago. I lived there for four years and it's the best town. I mean, 
it's the best live music bars and that's just what you're doing and <laughs> yes. you got to come to confirm so for me it was like this is yeah this is a tool this is a tool this is something you know you can drink cokes all night or you can drink non-alcoholic beer which doesn't have any sugar no caffeine nothing i mean it's just the best thing you can drink so there's a lot of health benefits to it you know it's yes. an isotonic it's a it's amazing it's a really amazing tonic when you take the alcohol out how healthy the beer is for you um it's got polyphenols it's um, all kinds of interesting things just as as it is um but i i having said all that i think if at any moment you like this could be a trigger for you then no yeah i would not risk my sobriety over uh this or not you know it's not worth it but but some it's a it's a huge tool and it just allows you to go and and hang out and not feel so you know uh discombobulated at a bar have anything to drink you just can i guess yeah, because it is that ritual. Everyone's yeah. there, and they're all. Everyone's got something in their hand, and this is awesome. All right, let's talk a little bit about these beers. Yeah. Going back to you discovering this this magical machine in Munich that, that gave you a business that enabled you to make beer without the alcohol in it. How much trial and error? Like, I guess my question is, how many mistakes did you make before getting some of these beers to market? Yeah. Yeah, we we made. I would say first started. We made. We had two or three that we put through the DL machine and just weren't good. One of them was I remember distinctly was a Newcastle esque brown ale. Did not work out at all. Um, I don't know why. And one of them was a. We tried an IPA early on, and it, we learned a lot about how to uh, which hops worked the best and which hops would go through the machine. Um, and which and how to hop on the back end really is what you end up doing a lot is uh, hopping on the back end of this. So we learned a lot about that, but we got really lucky with that golden wheat and the the dark amber. Both those went through, tasted great, um, and you know we we started the business without having ten beers to try. We got two hits right out of the gate that just were like, wow, these are really really good. Um, but yeah, we have we've had a few that just have, have like, yeah, now this isn't good at all. <laughs> you mentioned the golden wheat. I have no golden wheat to hold up. Those mm -hmm. were the first to go. Mm -hmm. I have my well-being badge. Because yep. you know, as the young kids say these days, uh, they're highly crushable. Those are just <laughs> they are. <laughs> they those are. disappear they're... quick. Yeah, they're, yeah, they do. They go down fast and go down easy. They're a good gateway, uh, but let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned it, the stout. When I see reviews yeah. of well-being, this this is the one like the, the snobs really seem into. Like the, you struck a yeah. nerve with, with that crew. Yeah. So it's a, it's a coffee and I, I love coffee and I just like, it's one of my favorite things. So when I, when I would see people at the bars, you know, I never really want to drink alcohol. But I've always wanted to taste a Guinness. You know, I'd, I've been to Ireland. I'd seen it poured. I'd seen the ritual. I was like, I'm not going to drink it. But I'm like, oh, I just want to taste it. It just looks amazing. And then you go and see these new stouts and people. It's coffee stouts and, um, you know, all the, the spices that are being mixed into stouts. And it was just that specific beer made me jealous. It made me crazy. So that was our third beer. And I'm like, let's do coffee stout. This one, this one has nutmeg, cinnamon. It's a, it's basically like tea. They make a tea with the nutmeg, the cinnamon, 
uh, and the clothes, and they, you know, put it in the thing. So it's got this really great, uh, these spots on it that, that go so well with coffee. Um, and, uh, we add a little lactose, so it's not vegan. Uh, it's definitely got a little cream, but, uh, it's half the calories of the alcohol of this. Um, and it's to me just a really delicious, it really does that. It's great. It's great in an ice cream float. It's great as a beer. I've had it for breakfast late at night, whatever, but it's a really nice beer. Uh, it's great for the holidays too. Yeah, you're this right. This is a good one to have it's around for the nice holiday season. Holiday. If you're entertaining, this is it. Yep. Awesome after dinner. Right before it's just awesome. You don't need a specific yeah. time of day. It's just like you said, you yeah. could theoretically yeah. have it for breakfast. I mean, really, there's coffee in it and cloves. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> there's coffee uh, in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny. The victory wheat we talked about. This is uh, this is the sports brew. This is if mm-hmm. you do drink, this is uh, perhaps yep. the one to end your night with because, as you mentioned, the electrolytes. This will uh, yeah help you toward a better wake up in the morning. This is a helper beer. Yep. It totally. Then, it's it, good. Yeah. No, Go it was funny. I one of my favorite brands I worked on this as a marketer was uh, Mickle Ultra. I don't know if you are. You've obviously seen Michelob Ultra, but it's it, as a brand, I love it because it knows who it is. It's a sport, you know, they, they, it's people working and they drink Michelob Ultra. And to me, the one thing you didn't want in all of that was the alcohol, but you wanted the Gatorade part of it. So to me, this was the perfect solution of it's got everything you want in the Gatorade and Michelob Ultra without the two things you don't want, the sugar, the added colors and the alcohol. It's the beer with the electrolytes. Let's have the IPA conversation. We have the intentional and we have the going places Mm -hmm. Uh, for the IPA drinker, for the casual drinker. What's the difference? Yeah. And do you, and have you tasted both of them? Yes, you have. And what, what would you say about? See, I don't, I don't speak beer language very well. Um, I, I can't talk, talk to you about, you know, I, I can't talk hot yeah. talk. I, I can tell you that yeah. going places yeah. is lighter. It, it's got that. It, maybe it's fruitier. Um, the well-being feels a little heavier. Um, I, I and again, I'm terrible at describing this stuff. So help me out. That's exactly right. You see, no, you've you've totally said that. Uh, that is exactly. Right. I would say the. The intentional is uh, has a little more mouthfeel. It's got a little lactose in it too, uh, so it's got a little more mouthfeel. It's a little heavier tasting. It's got a, it's got a little sharper hops. I would say almost piney, some pineapple citrus uh, back in. But it's a very what what people tell me is it's a, a very West Coast IPA. So that's what it tastes like. the The one we made the going places, I think, is much lighter. It's much it's got more of a, a buttery apricot fruit citrus to it. And I don't think it's got as sharp a hop. Um, so it's, it's a really nice, uh, you know, pe- some people really love super, super hoppy, hoppy. Um, and we're looking at doing one of those, uh, you know, like a really, I don't know if you've had just a uh, big hop beer. And, and to me there, you can have one of those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, but, but I think, the, yeah. So, but I think both of these turned out really, really nice. They're, they're, it's fun to kind of try them both because I think they offer both 
different things. Uh, you described very well. Yeah, Thank you. you. You did a very good job. Uh, but for people who look <laughs> at the IPA and just, I don't know what which one I'm going to like. I mean, that's it. It's one's heavier, one's yeah. lighter and more. Yeah. More summary. I mean, you said that in the beginning. Uh, the Hellraiser, again, yeah. the dark amber beer for people who think they don't like dark amber beers. This is it. This yeah. is delicious. It, it, yeah. It'll surprise you how good it is. I agree. It's very, it's got, it's just spicy enough. It's a little citrusy. And then that amber base, for some reason, all of it together really, really works, works beautifully together. It really is. It's a nice beer. And I hope that people who are watching or listening are realizing yeah, I mean, non-alcoholic beer has arrived. I mean, this is it. I mean, the the well-being yeah. product line. Mm -hmm. This is great stuff, and they're really they're, there's something for everyone here. Yeah, moms, dads, <laughs> older kids. Um, no, I, I love That's what you're it. doing. And I, can you talk a little bit about the mission before I cut you loose? Mm -hmm. the, the mission of yeah. well-being. Yeah, it, it's it's funny, you know you just helping the world drink a little less was always a nice mission to start with because I think alcohol and i we are i'm i'm we're not against alcohol at all i worked in the business for years it's it's a wonderful business it's a i love connecting i love going to live music i love all this i love everything about the the industry for sure on the flip side alcohol does cause a lot of health problems there's a lot of people you know i mean it just does uh so Helping the world drink a little less is always a, is always a great mission. But but and and I, I never want to sound too preachy. But I I think and my personal journey and I'm sure you are on one of these two. You you are a human being and you all want we always try to become a better version of ourselves. I guess right. We have one life. You learn a lot. You you realize that there's a way of living that helps feels right to you and it's you know, got a lot of uh, spiritual give back, whatever, selfless, not so self-centered. That journey is people call it well-being. You know, we want, we want a journey to well-being is what we're all trying to do. And so I think beyond just helping people not drink, uh, drink a little less on that level, um, I think our mission has been to help people on that journey. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a mental, last May we launched a beer, that uh, was for uh, people in the industry who were dealing with the pandemic and a lot of people in the bartending, the, the service yeah. industry, um, uh, which was, uh, you know, a, a big thing that we liked, you know, th those people were under a lot of, uh, you know, jobless and, you know, all the things that happened during the pandemic. So there was a lot of mental health issues. Um, that's something that I think we really get behind. Uh, this year, earlier, we did a sober sex uh, initiative and party and, uh, you know, started talking about a lot of things beyond that. So I think for us and, you know, just my background with the, the recovery side and the 12 steps and, and the journey that you walk, I, I think that's what it is for me. An interesting part about doing this is meeting those people, creating these events, t showing people it's totally, there's no stigmas to this. Right. It's, it's all good. Um, and doing it this way. As, as you know, and and we're just getting started, I guess. So yes, I appreciate you asking about that, and it's great to meet people like you. Like I'm so excited about this ambassador program because it's it's just been really fun. Um, and we just kind of started that too. So if there's anyone out there listening, you know, hit us up, hit us up. And 
the stigma is easier to knock out when there's product that people want to consume. The product's got to be there to help get rid of the stigma. I mean, it, it, this is delicious stuff. So congrats on what you've accomplished so far. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I'm obviously clearly yeah. a, a fan and uh, it's just, whether you're in recovery, whether, you know, that that's mm-hmm. the journey you're on or whether you just want some balance when you're, when you're socializing or yeah. you, you just want to have Perfect. a cold beverage. This is it. This is a great way to do it. So uh, yeah. I'm going to have you stay, stay yeah. on the yeah. line with me for one second as I wrap be up. Surprised how good they are. I agree. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. That right there, that's Jeff Stevens. Wellbeing is the, the non-alcoholic beer we're talking about. Wellbeingbrewing.com.